Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Hey everybody, let's go ahead and get the show started. Welcome all once again to an exciting episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy Wednesday. It's the middle of the week and we have got a great show for you. On this show, the Atlanta Braves reached the NLCS for a second straight year. Thanks to a home run by Freddie Freeman in the bottom of the eighth inning, the Atlanta Braves defeated the Milwaukee Brewers 5-4. You had the Dodgers salvaging off elimination by defeating the Giants 7-2 last night. And a winner-take-all Game 5 will be set for Thursday night. The winner will advance to take on the Braves in the NLCS. And we had hockey last night in the NHL with the debut of the brand new NHL franchise, the Seattle Kraken. However, they fell to the Vegas Golden Knights 4-3. All right, let's go ahead and get this show started. What an exciting night for Braves fans. And they witnessed a game-clinching postseason game in Atlanta. Yes, I watched this game from start to finish, and I was a little nervous for the Braves. I didn't know if they could close out the Brewers, especially with Charlie Morton on three days rest. The Milwaukee Brewers came out of the gate in the fourth inning, put up the 2-0 lead, and then the Braves responded when Eddie Rosario hit a single with the bases loaded to tie it up at two. And then the unsung hero for the Milwaukee Brewers, Willie Telez, hits a two-run shot in the fifth inning off Husakar Yona. And the Braves, once again, responded in the fifth inning, tying it up 4-4 four to four, thanks to Travis Darnode's single. And the game got a little tight. I'm wondering if this game's going to go into extra innings. The Braves' bullpen shuts the door on the Brewers with A.J. Minter, Luke Jackson, Tyler Maxick. And then... In the bottom of the eighth inning, off the best closer in baseball, Harrison Bader comes into the bottom of the eighth inning and mows down the first two hitters. Freddie Freeman on the first pitch, a towering 428-foot home run, puts the Braves up 5-4, to four, and Will Smith, the closer, shuts the door in the top of the ninth inning. And Braves fans at Truett's Park, over 40,000 fans witnessed the Braves clinch a postseason game something they have not done in a long time. Remember last year there was no fans for the division series and there was very limited fans in the NLCS and it wasn't even in Atlanta. So now the Braves advance to the NLCS for the second straight year. Who would have thought that this would have happened with the Ronald Acuna injury, with the Marcel Ozuna situation, and Mike Soroka's setback this season as well. It didn't start out all that great for the Braves. Jorge Soler tested positive for COVID, and he was taken off the roster. Manager Brian Stinker had to move the lineup around a little bit. Dansby Swanson went to the leadoff spot. He did not disappoint. He had a leadoff double to start the game, and it paid off. The Braves put all their cards on the table, and now they have an opportunity to set the table for the NLCS with that extra time to rest. You could put Max Freed as the Game 1 starter, and Charlie Morton could be the Game 2 starter because he'll have his full day's rest. I'm looking forward to see what the Braves do in the NLCS. Now, who do they play? 
that's still up in the air because the Dodgers were able to salvage the series against the San Francisco Giants 7-2 and that score could have been a lot worse. The Dodgers put up 12 hits. It seemed like in every inning they were teeing off on Giants pitchers. DeScalfellini did not have a good outing in that first inning. Trey Turner getting hits, Mookie Betts, Chris Taylor, just about everybody in this Dodgers lineup got a hit and Walker Bueller was pitching on three days rest. What a gamble for manager Dave Roberts, but it paid off for the Dodgers to even this series and bring it back to San Francisco for game five. This is going to be a crucial winner-take-all game five between two teams, the Giants with 107 regular season wins and the Dodgers with 106 regular season wins. As a Giants fan, I have faith that Logan Webb is going to pitch an awesome game at Oracle Park and close the door on the Dodgers. But still, the Dodgers are the most feared lineup in baseball. And the Dodgers have a clutch pitcher on the mound, Julio Urias. My take on Julio Urias is he's not a number one starter because he had a great regular season record with 20 wins because he gets a lot of run support. If you remember in the postseason game last year in the NLCS, Game 3 against the Braves, the Dodgers jumped out to that 15-0 lead, and Julio Urias was able to get the victory, and he had a lot of confidence going in there with that run support. Same story in Game 2 of the NLDS, as Julio Urias helped himself out. He's a good pitcher, and he's also a good hitter as well, and he was able to get the victory And the Dodgers' run support is incredible. And they have the best run differential out of any of the teams out there. But the winner of this game in Game 5 will take on the Braves in the NLCS. Now, if it is the Dodgers, Games 1 and Games 2 will be in Atlanta Saturday and Sunday. If the Giants win, Games 1 and Games 2 will be in San Francisco. So if you're a Braves fan and you're trying to get tickets to the NLCS, you can either see the Braves take on the Dodgers for games 1, 2, 5, and 7 if the series extends all the way to games 5 and 7. Or if you're a Giants fan like me and I'm already looking at the calendar and seeing that the Braves would host the Giants if the Giants advanced in games 3 and 4 and a possible game 6 on Saturday, October the 23rd. Yes, this is possible and I'm looking at every scenario. If you're a Braves fan, who would you rather play? Would you rather play the Giants or would you rather play the Dodgers? I say if you play the Dodgers, they are a very dangerous team, but you have home field advantage. That could be also big because they're not going to throw Walker Buehler for game one. If it is the Dodgers, your game one starters are going to be Max Scherzer and Max Freed. I like the Braves' chances to either go up 2-0 or get a split going back to L.A. Regardless, it would be a long series. And you got to like their chances if they're hosting a game seven in Atlanta. The Braves' three starters... Charlie Morton, Max Fried, and Ian Anderson, I would throw them out there anytime with any of the Dodgers' three starters because both teams have three solid starters. The Dodgers have Max Scherzer, Walker Buehler, and Julio Urias. The bullpen for the regular season for the Dodgers was a little bit shaky, but they're starting to light it up with Kenley Jansen just throwing fire. I'm interested and I'm completely invested in this National League Championship Series. And I cannot wait for Thursday night's game between the Giants and the Dodgers, two hated longtime rivals, finally 
playing each other in the postseason, and it is going to be a great series. The other baseball series, the Chicago White Sox, who accused the Astros of cheating. The Astros pounded the White Sox 10-1. to It was a makeup game from Raynell. And the Houston Astros, what a story. They are back in the ALCS for the fifth straight year. Remember, they build up this team. I know, let's get past the cheating scandal because that was a big deal. But they had a very good ball club with players like Jose Altuve and George Springer, who's now on the Toronto Blue Jays. They had great pitching. Dusty Baker is their manager. There's something about Dusty Baker. I remember when he was the manager for the Giants when I was in high school. And that nickname, Dustiny, he had the Giants right where they needed to be. He got them to the World Series in 2002. They should have won it, but that's neither here or there. Then he went. Then he goes on to manage the Cubs, and the Cubs got to the World Series and the whole Steve Bartman thing. But Dusty Baker is a very good manager, definitely a Hall of Fame manager. So what he's doing with the Houston Astros is incredible. You know, the Astros lost their manager, A.J. Hinch, their general manager. This team could have been in turmoil and could have been left for dead after the cheating scandal, but they got themselves up off the mat. And if you go back and see their... ALCS appearances. They're getting ready to take on the Boston Red Sox. Game one will be Friday night in Houston. We don't know who the starting pitchers are, and it really doesn't matter because these two teams are just offensive juggernauts. So last year, the Astros made it to the ALCS in the bubble, loses to the Tampa Bay Rays in seven games. The year before, they made it to the World Series against the Washington Nationals in 2019. In 2018, They reached the ALCS against the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox eventually won the World Series. So this is a rematch of the 2018 ALCS. And of course, the first year they reached the ALCS in 2017, they beat the Dodgers in the World Series. A great story. The Houston Astros, happy for them. Let's just get past the cheating scandal. I know that it's still fresh on everybody's mind. And we didn't have fans in 2020 to boo the Astros, but... Let's try not to beat up on the Astros that much because they were able to weather the storm and get back to an ALCS and possibly the World Series. I think the Astros are the favorites to reach the World Series. I don't know if they're going to win it, but they do still have a very talented team. And if that happens, good for them. So, you know, I started this show, took up the first 10 minutes talking about the baseball playoffs. It's a slow sports day. It's a Wednesday. And when I'm trying to fit all the sports in, it's really hard to do. But last night in the NHL, we did have some action. And yes, I'm talking about hockey. We had the Pittsburgh Penguins defeating the two-time Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning 6-2. What's incredible was the Penguins did it without Sidney Crosby and Eugenie Malkin. And then in the nightcap, I, I had interest in this game because I wanted to see the Seattle Kraken the Vegas Golden Knights beat Seattle 4-3. Vegas took a 3-0 lead in this game, and Seattle came back to tie it. But the Vegas Golden Knights got a goal right at the end of the third period by Stevenson. And Vegas has been just one of these stories where their franchise have just they took off running, making it to the Stanley Cup in their first year of existence. So we got more NHL action. We have NBA action. I know the preseason's going on right now, but we have opening night next week and a doubleheader a very intriguing doubleheader i'm going to be interested in these two matchups the first matchup is the brooklyn nets taking on the defending nba champ milwaukee bucks brooklyn will be with kyrie irving because 
it's a road game in Milwaukee. That's going to be very weird that Kyrie Irving is going to be available for all the road games if it's not in New York or California. But the Bucks try to defend their NBA championship. And I know that a lot of love is given to Brooklyn, like they're the favorites to win the NBA title. But I would like to see how the Bucks respond as they will get their championship rings and they will reveal that 2021 championship banner great for the city of milwaukee i know they're bummed out for losing to the braves in the nlds but you got to give milwaukee credit they have been just a passionate fan base and i remember seeing the parade when the bucks win the title and i like seeing non-traditional nba powers winning a championship i liked it when the toronto raptors won the nba championship in 2019 not a fan that the lakers won it in 2020 I don't really count it because that was a championship one in the bubble. I mean, come on. You give LeBron James five months off and then Anthony Davis is completely healthy and he just rallies everybody together and they win a championship in the bubble. I don't think that's fair. Anyway, I'm a little bit bitter about that, but a good moment for the Bucks next week on TNT, Bucks and Nets. And then the nightcap, the Golden State Warriors taking on the Los Angeles Lakers which I feel the Lakers are an antique show with all those old players they have. The Warriors are going to look fresh. They're going to look very good. I don't know if Klay Thompson is going to play. You do have some injuries to Steph Curry and Draymond Green. They're going to look a little different, but they're going to have some young players like Jonathan Kuminga, who's going to be a surprise as a rookie, James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, The Warriors are going to look really good, and I feel the Warriors are a playoff team this year. So the NBA is in a week. The Atlanta Hawks will open their season at State Farm Arena Thursday, October 21st against the Dallas Mavericks. They seem to make this a nice nationally televised game between Luka Doncic and Trey Young. I was looking at the NBA schedule. The Hawks have a lot of nationally televised games. Good for them. They deserve it. I've always felt that the Hawks should be on TV because they are a very exciting watch and they're going to have a fun season this year. I don't know if they're going to win an NBA championship or reach the Eastern Conference Finals, but this team is going to be fun to watch. And they're going to be in games and they're going to give these NBA powerhouses fits. I feel they can go toe-to-toe with Brooklyn. I feel they can go toe-to-toe with the Bucks, the Sixers. If Ben Simmons comes back, the Sixers are still a great team. It's going to be fun. I know the Bulls and the Heat have improved, but the NBA season is a week away. I'm excited about it. Many of you know that I love the NBA. I'll talk college football and the NFL and Major League Baseball, but I love the NBA just as much because I was a Kings fan and a Warriors fan, and when I briefly lived in Memphis, I I jumped on the Memphis Grizzlies bandwagon, and it's just a fun time to be an NBA fan and really a fun time to be a sports fan while we have all the sports going on at the same time. Hey, we had college football last night. Yeah, on a Tuesday night. Louisiana defeats Appalachian State 41-13. to And Louisiana is 5-1 and on the season. Their only loss was to Texas to start the season. But they came in. They were ranked 23rd in the preseason rankings. So that's a very interesting story. I like to see if they can match up with Coastal Carolina and possibly have a consideration for getting in a pretty decent bowl, maybe a New Year's Six Bowl. All right, this is a big college football week. Of course, you have Kentucky taking on Georgia. Alabama's trying to bounce back that game. 
at night at Wade Davis Stadium in Starkville, Mississippi. That is going to be tougher than you think. Mississippi State likes to throw the football with their head coach, Mike Leach, and their air raid offense. And that could be a very tricky game. If Alabama's not careful, Mississippi State's going to move the ball on the tide. Or will Alabama respond after that upset loss to Texas A&M by blowing Mississippi State out? It's easier said than done. It's a hostile environment on the road. And Alabama so far has not fared well in a hostile environment on the road. But the one game I'm really looking forward to is Lane Kiffin returning to Knoxville. This is the 7.30 game on the SEC Network. Number 13 ranked Ole Miss going into Knoxville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers, who their offense looks a lot better. Josh Heupel seems to be the right fit at coach, seems to be the right fit at the head coach position in Tennessee. Now, if you remember, Lane Kiffin coached the University of Tennessee for one season in 2009 after replacing a Hall of Fame legend, Philip Fulmer. So I have a little history with Tennessee. I went to Freed Harbin University, a small Christian school in Henderson, Tennessee in 1999. So I made the transition from California where they don't really care about college football, living in Tennessee where a Tennessee-Florida game feels like the Super Bowl. And I noticed that when I was visiting the campus in 1998, that at the time, the Tennessee Oilers is before they became the Titans. Nobody was watching their games. And so a light bulb went off. I'm like, oh, they really don't care about the NFL here in Tennessee. They just love their Tennessee Vols. I went to Freed Harmon in 1999. Tennessee just got off their national championship game after beating Florida State. And that was the year that T. Martin led them to an undefeated season, the year after Peyton Manning. Tennessee is great. Tennessee was great in the entire decade of the 2000s under Philip Fulmer. And I had an investing interest in watching Tennessee when I was a student at Freed Harmon because they were an amazing team and they had this great coaching staff. David Cutcliffe, just a quarterback whisperer, and Tennessee was winning 10 games just about every year. When I moved to Georgia in 2006, Tennessee was still good. They were still winning 10 games. They reached the SEC championship in 2007. And then Philip Fulmer had a couple of lackluster years and he was fired. In comes Lane Kiffin for the 2009 season. Uh, They were rebuilding a little bit. They still had a great defense. Eric Berry was their safety. Lane Kiffin brought his dad over to coach the defense. The Tampa defense from Monty Kiffin a Super Bowl defensive coordinator. It was fun times. Jim Chaney was the offensive coordinator. And they had a slow start. They lost to UCLA. And then they were taking on a powerful Florida team led by Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer. And that was a very close game. Lane Kiffin was talking about seeing Rocky Top all night if he was going to beat Florida. They played Florida close. They lose to Auburn. They blow out Georgia. And really... That's when Georgia, Georgia had a rebuilding year in 2009. I remember Joe Cox was the quarterback and that was just a disaster of a year. And then almost beating Alabama with that blocked field goal by Terrence Cody, Lane Kiffin almost took Tennessee where they have never been. And they almost upset Alabama that year, even though they finished seven and six, they had a lot of swag and Lane Kiffin was a hot coach that said Whatever was on his mind. And I was buying into what Lane Kiffin was doing at Tennessee. And then, in the middle of the night, he got up and left. 
to take the USC job, and that did not sit well with Tennessee fans. And he came back to be the offensive coordinator at the University of Alabama, and I'm sure they were booing him every time they could. And now that he's a head coach once again in the SEC, he returns to Knoxville, and I'm wondering what type of ovation is he going to get. This is going to be a big game, probably going to be a sellout. Maybe the first sellout that the Volunteers has had in five years. So I'm looking forward to this game. I want to see how Tennessee responds because after Ole Miss, they have a brutal schedule having to play Alabama, Kentucky, and Georgia. Is this a successful season if Tennessee can get to a bowl game? And that's what I like to find out. That is all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast. And don't forget that I am always on Facebook. I'm going to try to go Facebook Live one of these days. I feel like I get more viewers when I'm going Facebook Live. But this podcast is just growing. I thank everybody for their support. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hope everybody has a great day. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.